story begins on Floria, a lush garden world where the oceans and lands are brimming with life. However, legend tells this was not always so, for long has it been held that this world was shaped by an ancient god perfecting the art of world creation, before leaving it in the care of the primordials and setting off into the cosmos to found other worlds. It is said that eons passed until these primordials, elemental beings of immense power, negotiated an alliance with migrant gods fleeing a far-off world plagued by a history of war and violence. These gods came seeking a new beginning for the life they once oversaw, to be given a second chance using a massive device of divine construction called the Vault of Hope. In return for joining in this endeavor, the primordials were given assurance of equal control, becoming gods themselves and assuming aspects suited to their nature, bolstered by followers to come as the world was filled with life. For roughly 4,000 years, in a time known as the Verdant Breath, the migrant gods saw their great work come to fruition, as the curses and racial feuds of their old world held no sway here, ushering in a time of great expansion, all flowing out from the first city, Corathelia, known as the Cradle of Hope. As the millennia passed, a rift grew between the gods, as those that assumed dominion over the darker aspects grew impatient and jealous their power growing slowly, with followers less common in times of prosperity. It was the primordial Kadarsis, goddess of darkness, that set in motion the series of events that would end this age of peace. In a jealous rage, she pressed against the veil between planes, finding a place of shadow previously unknown to the gods of Floria. It was here she first made contact with fiends that used this plane for travel and their dealings between the denizens of the lower planes. And it was here that those denizens first learned about a world not yet known to them a world unsuspecting and soft. After reaching a deal with the fiends, trading access for power, Kadarsis opened the first rift for the devils, who began a silent campaign of evil influence. The god Brannock discovered his lover's deceit, and then a rage cast her from the upper plane, sending her crashing through the material on the way to the lower. This act saw the gods divide, a third fleeing to the lower planes where they could nurture their power. The mercenary fiends Kadarsis first encountered spread word of Floria to the demons as well, and decades of deception and corruption eventually led to a coordinated event across Floria, in which the demon worshippers stepped from the shadows and opened portals allowing hordes of fiends to pour through and begin ravaging the lush world. The devils, enemies eternal to the demons, used their own followers to open portals as well, not wanting the world they had been cultivating for their own nefarious purposes to fall before they looted its spoils. This came to be known as the Shattering, for the world of relative peace was cast into global war. The first years of the war saw massive swaths of life destroyed and heroes forged, but it also saw great treachery, none as profound as the betrayal of most chromatic dragons having been whispered to by the devils, feeding their natural greed and turning that into a play for power. And so began the Shatterblight Wars, three powerful and separate forces bent on killing, subjugating, or enslaving the world's inhabitants. 
After nearly two decades of minor victories, the eldest dragon in ancient gold named Kirizaltrios penned a document in his own blood, outlining a pact between the uncorrupted dragons, the mortal races, and the Seely Fae court that long since had a vested interest in Floria. This burning pact magically bound the factions together, united under the leadership of the Burning Council, and ushered in a new age. Coordinated armies consisting of all the packed races began claiming larger victories, while the studies of the Archonoctrum had finally revealed ways of sealing the rifts to the lower plains. For nearly a century more, the wars raged on, as the Florians fought to rid the blight of the fiends, and though they eventually did, the fiends now knew of their world. The Burning Council charged the heroes of the wars, bestowing the title Ember on each, to seek out and destroy the remaining fiends and dragons not yet defeated, hidden away and biding their time in dark holes. Over 1,600 years have passed since the wars ended. Much of the damage to the world has been healed and the embers have continued their charge, the taint of evil that touched Floria never leaving. Throughout all that time of reconstruction and hope, whispers of a second shattering have persisted, always lurking in the shadow, always a threat. A mysterious letter is delivered to a handful of strangers, scattered around the supercontinent of Athwindur, beckoning them to meet in the large city of Corathelia on the next new moon. A young Aarakocra named Hushfeather Tumbletinker and a young Tabaxi named Tobias journeyed from afar to the city where they met several others responding to the letter. The first they met was an elderly lizard folk named Othokint sitting on the steps of the Emberflame Tower the letter spoke of. A young human man named Barthal Atari and a quiet elven woman named Arya Evethdel gathered here as well. And as the group of five introduced themselves, the tower door opened and an elderly human man emerged. The man was Abington Tramblethorpe, Grand Preceptor at the Emberflame Tower, which serves as an academy of sorts for those recruited to the order that calls themselves the Embers of the Burning Pact. Abington tells the five strangers his intention to offer membership into the Embers if they would but accompany him to find his missing companion, a fellow Ember gnome man named Tobin Brigglestemp. The five accepted his proposal, and after taking the oath to become Embers, Abington teleported the group to the remote tropical island of Sornaki. Arriving in the battle-scarred Wayfinder Temple, Barthal fell from the ruined edge of the floor hanging off the cliffside high above the sea. Abington quickly cast Featherfall on the boy, shouting instructions to meet the group at the port city of Taltraxon's Landing. The group then discovered the spell component pouch of Tobin, their first clue to his whereabouts, and at Abington's insistence, they began down the jungle path. Encountering their first dinosaur, a rotting Triceratops corpse, Abington slipped into his professorial role and began prattling on, not seeing the towering Tyrannosaurus Rex slowly rising from behind the corpse before biting the old wizard in half. The remaining recruits started to run down the jungle trail, the forest too thick to move quickly through, finally taking shelter behind a large stone wall bordering ancient ruins, but not before the pursuing dinosaur caught up and devoured Arya as well. After resting and dealing with the sudden loss of their leader and a fellow recruit, the party pressed deeper into the ruins, only to encounter several serpent folk, led by a powerful shaman. Falling to the superior force, the party awoke as captives along with a catfolk woman, a lizardfolk man, and a goblin man, all bound and gagged. 
Escaping their binds, the party freed the cat folk woman, Whisper on the Dawn, and the lizard folk man, Zugnal, leaving the savage goblin behind after being warned of his vicious kind. The group moved through the serpent folk temple and found a wall weakened by water erosion, and while breaking through, they were again attacked by the shaman, now known as Sokesh. Zugnal held the shaman back, allowing the others to escape into a cave system beyond, giving his life before the group caved in their exit. Passing through the cave and journeying several days up a massive river system, Whisper on the Dawn of the Twisting River Clan bid the embers farewell in winter separate way. The party traveled for nearly a week, mostly by river in a magic canoe they discovered at a ruined campsite, and eventually came to the large port city of Taltraxon's Landing, where they were met by the smiling face of Barthol Atari. Barthol brings the other embers to their contact, the dwarven trade baron and blacksmith Bergen Forgethane, who in turn introduces them to an elven man, Colbrin Vor, governor of the city, and the last person to speak to Tobin Brigglestem. After relaying his visit with the frantic and possibly mentally broken ember, Vor explains his odd ramblings that mention a second shattering and something about a temple, a prison, and a mirror, though Tobin slipped out before Vor could decipher all this. Asking the embers to help investigate reports of a serpent folk attack on the Scalescar Goblin tribe, Vor posits a connection between the attack on the goblins, the attack on the embers, and Tobin having gone missing. Following the lead, the embers head back into the jungle with Barthol in tow to find the goblin village, meeting with their leader, Totem Bear Umzalu, then offering to track down the captured goblins. After picking up the trail several days later, the party finds their path leading to more serpent folk ruins, and after dispatching several adversaries, they confront one of the captors praying to his demon lord, Salanak, over the corpse of a goblin on an altar. The party defeats the Serpent Folk, but not before he kills Bartholatari, who is then taken back to the Scalescar village along with several other dead goblins found at the ruins. Finding the trail once more, the embers continue through the jungle, confronting another Serpent Folk captor before freeing several goblins and then continuing to find the rest, leading them back to the temple they were once captives in. Deciding to sneak back through the cave system they once exited from, they met a grieving party of kobolds searching for their brethren, who offered to help quietly excavate the collapsed tunnel granting the embers access to the temple once again. Silently freeing the remaining goblins bound as they once were, the party presses into the upper floors to confront the serpent folk leader, Sokesh. Entering his chambers, they stealthily witness a jackal-like fiend scolding the serpent folk like a child, before leaving a gift of a very large egg and teleporting away. The party attacks the serpent folk and kills him, stopping the sadistic shaman from capturing and mutating more people into monstrosities, taking the large egg as they leave the temple. Exiting to the rooftop, the embers see a large group of Sokesh's followers gathered on the path leading to the temple from the jungle. When it seems all hope is lost, the mighty silver dragon Taltraxon, the port city bearing his namesake, arrived and decimated the serpent folk, then destroyed the temple in a fit of rage. After explaining all they learned to the dragon, he returned to the city he protects, while the party makes their way back to the Scalesgar village to collect Barthal's body before returning themselves. Before reaching the goblin village, the large egg hatched, revealing a blue guard drake baby that magically binds to the party, 
a gift clearly meant for Sokesh. Upon their return, they debrief Governor Vor, and then the Embers spend a month in the city recouping and waiting on Vor to find them a lead on Topin Brigglestemp. After befriending several locals, including a tiefling woman from Othokin's past, Inanali Sedwell, and a local alchemist, the gnome woman Pimsy Poffredash, the party also confronts a were-jaguar that has been attacking a farm and Tobias is bitten, cursed with lycanthropy. The party heads back into the jungle in search of clues about Pimsy's missing father and a hope for curing Tobias by seeking out a sect of verdant wardens, the faction of nature worshippers charged with healing the land where it was corrupted during the Shatterblade Wars. Finding no leads for either cause, the party decides to head back to the city, but before they could leave the warden's camp, Tobias fled in the forest, resigned to his fate. As night fell after searching for their friend for hours in the jungle, Hushfeather and Otokent take shelter in a riverside cave, only to uncover a cave-in further in. After searching the rubble, the two discovered an automaton man, part of the rekindled as they're known, who spent over 1,600 years in a dormant state trapped beneath the rubble. Freeing the rekindled, he reveals himself as Forge, and soon comes to realize how much time has passed, pledging himself to their cause after the two embers explained fiends were behind the recent events they are tracking. Heading back to Teltraxen's landing, the three were soon summoned by Governor Vor once again, where he let them know of a breakthrough and sent them to the long-abandoned town of New Lambrin, located far to the south. After weeks of travel through the jungle once more, the party found New Lambrin overgrown and in ruins, a thick, unnatural gloom in the air above. Fighting their way past unseen spirits, the group was beckoned to the Church of Dameron in the southern part of town where they met the ghostly priest, Father Gareth, and one of the townsfolk, a man named Ogreth Hartham. The two explained that a darkness fell upon the town decades prior, turning hired guards into monsters that murdered and fed on people, only for their spirits to be tainted and trapped here. The two suffered wounds while helping others in the streets and were dragged to the church by the paladin and leader of the religious pilgrims, Magistrate Tovar Lambden, only to expire before he could return to heal them. The sanctity of the church preserved their souls and minds, though they could not leave the town, and after explaining why the party had come, a mutually beneficial deal was struck. Father Gareth had seen the fiend the group was tracking at Tovar Lambden's manor over the years and explained the house was built over a cave system once used by the fiends to access their deep lair. In return for salting and burning the remains of the townsfolk to free their spirits, he would give them the means to access the manor and continue their search. After trudging through the ruined homes and vanquishing the many undead haunting the town, the group broke the curse here and gained entrance into the manor and eventually the caves below. Delving deep into the earth, the party confronted and killed several fiends and other subterranean threats before finding their way deeper yet into the precipice of torment, the name given to the lair of the fiends. Freeing several pens of captives, a gray dwarf man named Duthram Shalespear told the group more of this place, and as they pressed deeper into the now more structured halls of the facility, they encountered a room full of savage fish folk and their captive catfolk woman named Glimmer. Escorting the injured Glimmer back to Duthram and the others helping to establish a base camp, 
the group is confronted with a returning duo of yet more fiends bringing fresh captives from the surface. After a bloody battle, the party defeated the fiends, but the cost is too great for Othokent, as his patron, the great undead dragon Brithamir, contacts him telepathically, and then Choppy Thoughts warns that something is interfering with his power. Othokent, realizing something is very wrong, looks to his friend Hush and new friend Forge before falling to the ground dead. As the new captives have the hoods removed from their heads, a halfling man named Garrick Whispervale recognizes Hushfeather and rushes over as the group is sent to find him, being Verdant Warden's tasked with relaying a new clue regarding Pimsy's missing father. 